Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Man, I, I, I'm so, like, it's crazy because it feels like I hadn't been up here in a long time, and it's, it's really only been like, like two weeks, like actually preaching the message by myself, but man, it feels like an eternity, and, a, and, I, and I tell you, I'll confess to you real quick that like, I have to like make myself like take time off. Like, I get so excited and just going off this passion that honestly the best thing I can do is, is a leader, and if you're a leader of a ministry, is to take time off. Like, you have to take care of yourself before you even try to care for the souls of other people. And so, I, like, Graham, thank you, for, uh, thank you for, for preaching last week. Didn't you do a good job? Can we give him a round of applause real quick? I'm your biggest cheerleader. You killed it, man. I, I, like, I look up to Graham so much, in so many, so many ways, which is kind of weird because he's my little brother, but Graham, you're... You're awesome. One thing I love about Graham is that he's not waiting for the opportunity to just get a microphone in his hand before he starts to serve. He's back there running slides just like everyone here is, whether they're setting up chairs or whether they're running sound or whatever, whatever they do, that's, that's how they serve and that, that's how they show up and they have a, such a giving heart, man. So, so thank you if, if you serve here. And uh, man, I just, I don't know, man, it's, it's so cool to be back in this building. Like, like it was cool when we were over there last week. And I was just like, man, I, like, it, it, was, it was almost like a blast from the past. Like, I thought like I was watching some old movie, like, walk in there, and it's like, man, this feels, like, familiar, but it feels weird, and it feels different. But uh, I, I love this place. I love this gym. Does anybody else like the gym? Yeah. Cool, cool. I, I was wondering if we were going to get any response on that, if we were like, nah, we might need to move this service in the middle and go over there, and we'll just set everything back up, and then we'll continue on. So we cool in here? We cool? Do you like who you're sitting next to? Okay, okay, there we go, there we go. All right, all right, all right. If not, I don't, know if, I don't know if you need to be like, hey, like, actually, I, hey, Chase, before you go any further, right here, nah, I don't know about this person right here, like, they've been, this dude sings really bad, and, and, and that was probably me, it was probably like me kind of singing, and you might have heard my voice, but I, I'm glad you're here tonight, whether, whether, you, whether you stumbled in here, or you, you've been going to church all your life, know that God's put you here for a reason, then I really believe if we'll open up our hearts, God will speak to us tonight. So no matter where, no matter where you came from, or no matter how you got here, God's got a plan for your life, and I believe that to my core. I want to talk tonight, if, you, if you've got a Bible, will you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 10 through 13. Let me, let me get there too. That's a Haney move right there. I don't know if y'all saw that Graham did that last week. He was like, hey, it would probably help out if I got there. I don't know why we, we do that. We were like, hey, turn to this, and then we don't even turn there. So I'm here. Are you ready? If you're ready, say you're ready. Okay, everybody's like, uh, we got 50% of the room. If you're ready, say you're ready. ready. Uh, we're, we're going. It's up there. If not, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, it says, this is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially those who believe. goes on to say, it says, that, uh, it says, command and teach these things. And this is where our main focus is going to be tonight. It's going to be in a... Verse 12 says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. I want to call tonight's message the glass ceiling. Everybody cool with that? The glass ceiling. Does anybody know what a glass ceiling is? If if you've taken any kind of ethics class or any kind of business class, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Do we know what a glass ceiling is? If you don't know, I'll explain it to you real quick. Glass ceiling, like in a, in a business sense, is that there's only like there's only a certain level that this person can get to, and this is usually like applicable to like like 
minorities or maybe women that like, hey, they can only get to this certain spot and then we're going to cut them off. Like the glass ceiling literally means that they can go to this point and then they hit the ceiling. They can't go any farther, but you can still see like the, like the glass kind of is like a representation of it kind of being invisible, but it's there. Like you can still see through it, but it's there. You can't go any farther. I, I think when, when we read this, we see that Paul is writing to a guy named Timothy. If you know anything about Paul, this dude was a rough dude. Like sometimes I feel like I'm having a bad day. I feel like I'm struggling a little bit. At least I'm not in a prison with a paper and a pencil and just writing to my friends. Like, like is anybody glad that they had a better day than Paul's worst day? Hmm. Man. So are we going to do it? It's going to be really awkward all tonight. Like, like I'll just kind of say something where kind of, eh, I don't know. I, hey, let, let's take like 10 seconds. All right, I'm going to say inhale. We're going to do this with this thing we do. We are, we're going to, I'm going to say inhale. We're going to inhale on three. And we're going to exhale, all right? One, two, three. Doesn't it feel good, man? I feel like sometimes I go through life, I go through the day like so just like stressful that I don't even take time to like realize where I am. Like when I get here to pursuit, I'm like, whoa, like dude, how did this even get like, like, like how did I even get up here on the stage? Because life is just so crazy, so crazy. Sometimes I don't even take time to realize where my feet are. So maybe, maybe that helped out. Maybe that helped out. What, like I said, we're talking about this glass thing. I feel like t- Paul is talking to this guy named Timothy. Paul is going around. He's sharing just the vision of the church, what the church is going to be. He's sharing the gospel. Man, and, and he's getting thrown in prison. He's getting beat up. He's having all these horrible things done to him. But he's still willing to still live out his faith. I think his faith is something we can look at. It's like, dude, if I had, if I had uh, faith like Paul, that's, that, that's almost like if you can't hit Jesus, strive for Jesus. But if you get to Paul, man, you're shooting for, like, shoot for the stars. And if you get to the moon, you'll be all right. That's kind of what the, like, Paul is, this man. He's solid in the word. And what he's talking to, he's talking to this guy named Timothy. This guy named Timothy, why, why I think that it's so like, relatable is because he's actually around our age. Like we got, we got lots of young adults. We got people that are you know, about from 18 to like 24, fifth-year seniors, sixth-year seniors, seventh-year seniors, somewhere in that range. All right, so this, this guy named Timothy, he, he, he's kind of going through what we're going through, except that like the church nowadays, like what we're doing is like kind of the product of what he did a long time ago. Like because Timothy was actually willing to take up his cross and follow Jesus daily, we can do stuff like this. So this guy named Timothy played a really like, important role in this Bible. And I think that sometimes it's, when, when, when Paul's writing him this letter, he's letting, him, he's letting him know, he's saying, look, like, there's going to be people in your life that are going to look down on you because you are young. All right, that, that's what Scripture says. There will be people that look down on you because you are young. We can take that in consideration into our life and say, because you were in college, because you are young, because you were a young adult, don't live for Jesus. It's not quite your time. You don't know enough about the Bible. You haven't been to church long enough. You're too young. I'm going to look down on you. That's what he's saying is that there is going to be people who doubt you. There's going to be people that look at your faith and look at the Jesus that you follow and say, look, I, I'm glad that you're a Christian. I'm glad that you're doing good things, but you're going to hit this glass ceiling. Like, hey, don't, don't live for Jesus too much. Don't really shake this world. We want you to be a good person. We want you to say that you're a Christian, but don't actually live out this faith each and every day. Die to Him each and every day so that the world around you begins to look different because Jesus is working through you. Amen? See, because sometimes we go through our lives walking around the people that we even live in an apartment with, the people that are in our classrooms. We would consider ourselves Christians. We would consider ourselves right in the middle of the will of God, but the people that we sit next to in the classrooms, in our apartments, don't know Jesus. 
The call is very clear. What he's telling Timothy is that the people that are going to be around you, they're going to be the very same people that were around Jesus. When you read the Bible, you see that Jesus isn't just hanging out with these religious scholars that know everything about the law, that know everything about religion. He's hanging out with people that need salvation. He's hanging out with people that are the sinners, the tax collectors, the people that no one else liked, that no one else wanted to hang around. That's who Jesus decided. You know what? They see the need. They see that they need salvation. So, like I said, when he's writing this letter, he's saying, Timothy, there is going to be people that doubt you, that doubt your faith. But don't let it happen. Don't let it get to you. See, I think that the, the, one of the most crucial things is that Timothy had a relationship with Jesus, but he also had somebody like Paul in his corner that he trusted. Who's in your corner tonight, Pursuit? Who are you listening to? Because he's saying, like even the Bible is saying, he's saying, look, there's going to be critics to your faith. There are going to be people that actually claim to be Christians, but are not going to encourage you in the right way. You have to, you have to really be like, intentional about who you're going to let speak into your life. Because who you let speak into your life might actually be like somewhat of an outcome of how you actually live it out. So if you have people around you that are critics, that are saying you were too young, you do not have enough money, you have not lived enough life to actually touch someone, to actually live out what God's purpose is on your life, then you probably don't need them in your corner. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, like Timothy, there will be people that come your way and you've got to decide who's going to have the microphone in your life. Is it going to be someone that's going to encourage you in a godly and a good way like me? Or is it going to be people that you allow in your corner that are just going to drag you down, that are going to criticize what you're doing and say that you can't do it? I think if we really look at it, we know that we can't do it. We know that it's Jesus inside of us that if he's called us, if he really has called us, if he went to that cross and he died for us, and he's called us to live out our faith each and every day, then I believe that he will be with us each and every day. So we're never alone. We don't have to go through this life wondering like, hey, like, I need this approval of people to make sure that when I'm going through this life, living out my faith, I don't need the approval of people of this world knowing that I am a Christian. No, I'm looking for my satisfaction through Jesus Christ. And if there's people in my life, in my corner, that are encouraging me in the right way, then there's not a glass ceiling that even exists. Because here's the thing is that I'm telling, I've heard this so many times, like, I don't know if this is your life, but maybe you've Maybe you've grown up in church, maybe, maybe you haven't, but what, what, what it seems like sometimes the script is, is this like, hey, like we want you to live for Jesus, we want you to change this world, and then right whenever you accept the call of God on your life and you feel like you're in the valley, you're really fighting, man, you're really feeling this persecution, and that person who says, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. Whenever you call them, they're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can help you now. Has anybody ever felt that? You don't got to raise your hand. But has anybody ever felt that? You ever felt like someone's like, hey, anything you need, call me. And all of a sudden you feel like you're, you're absolutely alone. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like that. I feel like I got people in my corner that encourage me in the right way. And they say, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. And when I call them, they're like, oh, man, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know about that. Like, man, you see what had happened was like, you know, gas kind of went up on prices. You know, you kind of like, you kind of like at 930, you do this thing at 930. You want me to show up and bring you something at 930, like, like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. They close at 9, so then I got to go at 9. Then I got to show up at 930 and bring you the sandwich. Like, man, I thought if there was anything in my life that I needed, I could give you a call and you'd be there for me. Like, help me, Jesus. I need someone here. And then they're not here. Does that ever happen to you? All right, got like three people that eat Chick-fil-A and have good enough friends in their lives that they'll bring them Chick-fil-A. You're anointed. Thank you for being here. We're on the same spiritual level. You've got, a, you've got good people in your corner. Here's one. Write this down if you're, if you're taking notes. God knows what you can handle and where He needs you 
People are the ones who put this glass ceilings on our lives. I'm going to repeat that. God knows what you can handle and where he needs you. People are the ones who put this glass ceiling on our life. What that means is that God knows what you can handle. This isn't like a glass ceiling of like, hey, like, like I believe that God will put us in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. Amen? Like if God is sovereign, if he is all-knowing, then he's not going to put me somewhere that he didn't intend for me to be. Like it might, seem, might, not, might not make sense to chase that I might be surrounded with some roommates that, that, that aren't believers, that, that, that I'm like in these classes, in these group projects with people that don't give a crap, that don't want to show up to these meetings. Like maybe I was just supposed to shine the light of Jesus on them. Like, like maybe when it doesn't make sense to, to chase, maybe, maybe just maybe the God of this universe is still working. Maybe, he's, maybe, he's, maybe this is all a setup. I'm telling you is that, that, that God, he knows exactly what we can handle. There's not going to be a thing thrown our way that we can't handle. Not just we, this is like us and the Holy Spirit going through this life. There's not going to be a thing thrown our way. That's, that's one of the biggest perks of being a Christian. It's that you no longer have to walk through this life wondering if, if God's going to show up. Like, no, God showed up when he saved my soul, when he was dying on that cross and dying for my sins. That's when Jesus showed up. We already know that he showed up. So I already know that he, like if he knows me that in depth, he knows my sins enough to save them, that he knows that, like I know that he's, that, sorry, here, here we go. I'm getting, I'm getting worked up, man. It's been two weeks. I'm about, I'm about to kick this, like, kick this stand off. Y'all, y'all get ready now. I was raised Baptist, but I got a little Pentecostal in me. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, there, all right, that, yeah, we know who's Pentecostal now. Yeah, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. God knows exactly what we can handle. There's not going to be a thing thrown our way that, that we can't handle through the Holy Spirit, all right? So it might feel like you're fighting a losing battle. It might feel like you're out there on your, on your own, but really, man, you're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. Think about that for a second, that, man, if the Holy Spirit is in our lives, that there's not going to come a battle that we can't face that we can't win. It might feel like, man, I'm I, I by myself, like, God, where are you at? He's working in ways that we can't even see. He was working in the ways in the past. He's working right now. He's going to be working in the future. We don't have to worry about, is this going to turn out in our favor? It will. When Jesus died on that cross, it worked out in our favor. He showed up then when we needed him. Next little point was uh, that he's going to put you right, right where he needs you. That this glass ceiling doesn't exist in Christianity because God's going to put you. If you will allow him, if you'll actually open up your hearts and not say, this is the major I'm going to have and God will use me through it. If you'll say, God, what major do I need to be? Where, where do I need to be on Troy University's campus so that I can be a light for you? Where, do I, where am I centered in on your will for me? Sometimes we like to say, hey, like, God, let me put you in a box real quick and I'm going to tell you what I want to do, how I want to live my life, where I want to be in 10 years. And then God, if you can kind of work through that and make that happen, that'd be great. Like, if you can put a little bit of Houdini on that, like, you know, wrap it up real nice, put a bow on it, like, send it to me for Christmas, maybe the new iPhone, like, that'd help out too. Like, like let, me, let me pray about it a little bit. No, 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 like, what he's, like God is going to put you exactly where he needs you. He's not going to put you up against something you can't handle because you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Come on, somebody, that's something to get excited about. Here we go, next point. I think, I think this really all comes down to trust. That, man, if we really trust that Jesus died on that cross for us, that Jesus is going to show up every time that we get put in a situation we feel like we can't handle a battle that's too big for us, it is, but Jesus is going to show up every single time. We've got to trust that. We've got to trust that. I think there actually has to come a day when we, like, we actually have to, you know, this glass ceiling, I feel like it does exist if you're not living out your faith. Like, if you're not following, like, like, the only reason that this glass ceiling does not exist is because Jesus, he blew, the, man, he blew the cylinder off that thing. That what we used to be able to do by ourselves, 
what was capable by ourselves when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. This isn't some prosperity gospel. This is that God's going to put you exactly where, you, where He needs you. And it might even sound crazy to other people, but if He's put you there, then it's going to be successful. So it might sound crazy that you're starting up this small group that you're actually like going to tell your friend about Jesus. It might sound a little bit crazy that you go to something on Thursday at 9.30 at night when there's a million other things you could be doing. You've got an assignment due at 12 o'clock. It might sound a little bit crazy, but man, God's still going to show up. I think that we just have to know that there's got to come a time. There's got to come a day that we actually sell our souls. We actually go out and say, Jesus, I want all of you. I'm tired of giving you this like, like 45%, this 50%, this 65%. Jesus, I want you to have my, my soul 100%. Because when you saved me, you did something that I couldn't do. See, because Jesus, our God, he has no glass ceiling. That's never been in the picture. See, because when he came and he died on that cross for us, he did something that no one else could even do. No human could ever do it, that it was only Jesus Christ who could die on the cross for our sins. Only him. See, Jesus has no, he has no glass ceiling. So when we accept him into our lives, we, we don't have that glass ceiling. Like you, could, you can only reach this amount of people. You can really only have this amount of impact on your, on your campus. You can really only talk to Jesus about this many people. Only, only three weeks. Like, no, he's blowing the cap off of that and saying, like, I'm going to put you exactly where I need you. And this is that glass ceiling. It's not, it's not going to exist. It's gone. It's done with. Sometimes I feel like we get a little suppressed whenever we're going through this school grind we're, I mean, we've got tests, we've got assignments, and we feel like we almost get in this rhythm. We get in this rhythm of just turning in assignments, going to class, hearing these lectures. That Man, like, we get so much in a rhythm that we stop seeing, like, man, God, where, like, why am I here? Anybody been feeling that lately? Of like, man, I feel like I'm just going through this another day, another struggle. Another day, another class, another assignment, another test. Whew, that's, that'll wrap right there now. Y'all, y'all better watch out. I'm about to bust a rhyme up here. Telling you, we're gonna kick the we're gonna kick the stand down, and then I'm gonna start rapping here in a little bit, and we're gonna have some fun. Sometimes I feel like we go through this thing called life. We do this thing, and it gets soaking. We, we we start to wonder where God was. It's like no, we've gotten so much of a rhythm that our rhythm didn't include Jesus, and we're like, where is He at? Where is He at? Like like I want Him to work in my life. I want Him to use me in ways that only He can use me. But when your rhythm does not include Jesus, that, that doesn't make sense. Of like, well, where is He at? It's like He's not in your rhythm. So sometimes when we get in this rhythm of going to school, it's just another day, another struggle, man. Like, where, where is Jesus in that equation? Next thing is, is right notes, you can take this too. Paul is, like, I love how Paul is being so upfront and so real with Timothy. Like, I think lots of times, like, like, like sometimes when I think of, like, Christianity and I, and I talk to people who aren't Christians and, and they're kind of like, I'm like, hey, man, so, like what, like, what do you think a Christian, like, looks like? Like, they immediately go to that, that, that coffee shop. Like out there, like planner, like their highlighters, and they got their iced coffee, and you know they're all snuggled up in there, and they're, they're snuggy. They got their they got the chocos on. They're uh, you know you know what I'm saying, man. Like like there's a stereotypical like Christian out there, and that's how they that's how they see us. And 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 I think it's kind of funny because like what I see most of the time in the Bible is I see people being so upfront about some really real topics, some things that actually matter. They're not like beating the bush of like. You know, man, maybe we'll like, maybe we'll like love about him. We won't really call it Jesus. We'll like call it love. And, you know, we'll call it all these other things, but won't actually call it Jesus. And it's like, no, no, no. Like Paul is being so real, so raw and so like just upfront with Timothy. He's saying, look, you are going to face people that are not going to be in your corner. Whether they're Christian or whether they're not, he's saying there's going to be people that come into your lives that aren't going to encourage it into a positive way. He said, there's going to be people who look down on you because you are young. That's going to happen. Don't, don't be surprised when that happens. 
So I kind of wrote this down. It says, I was like, you know, he's kind of saying like, you might be young, you might be in college, might not have a lot of money, but if you have a lot of faith in Jesus that he is who he said he is, then man, we know that he's got a plan for our life and he's going to put us exactly where he needs us. So we might not have a lot of worldly possessions that might not like take us to the top. If we've got a lot of faith in Jesus, that's the only thing that's going to take away that glass ceiling. If we're trying to do it by ourselves, there's only a certain amount that Chase can do. There's only a certain amount that you can do. There's only a certain way, like, hey, I'm going to try my best to be a good person. You will never be good enough to earn the salvation of Jesus Christ. You'll never be good enough. You will fight this battle your whole entire life trying to be good enough to, man, maybe if I'm good enough, a good enough person, maybe if I hand out enough water, if I pay for enough people's Chick-fil-A, Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'll end up in the same place. Like, no, no, we, we will never be good enough. We will never earn that salvation. I once heard it like this, is the only thing that we contributed to our salvation is the sin that made it possible. That's the only thing we got. We have nothing to offer Jesus other than the sin that made that salvation possible. Here we go, here we go. Keep, here we go, stay with me, stay with me. Check this out. I wrote this down, it says, you can't silent the critics because even Jesus had critics but you can determine who you listen to. Here we go one more time. You can't silence the critics because even Jesus had critics, but you can determine who you listen to. Here we go. We're going, we're going to um, start on it. I wrote down actually a couple of excuses because I think that this glass ceiling, we also, it's people, we kind of like add like our spill onto this and it might not necessarily be called a glass ceiling in our life, but have you ever heard of, like, have you ever talked to someone and they've kind of gave you this excuse? They've ever said, like, like, I don't know enough. Don't know enough about the Bible. Wish I did. Wish I could help. But I just don't know enough. Or maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's this one. I haven't been to church long enough. I, I can't help out. I can't really, like, live for Jesus. Like, like not, not to that extent. Like, like I, I just, I hadn't been to church long enough. I hadn't, hadn't had that experience long enough. So how am I going to live that out? And they, here's the next one. I'm not as spiritual as you are. You ever heard that? Oh, man, that's, that's one of the weird ones. It's like, I'm not as spiritual as you are. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, it kind of hurts my head thinking about that. I'm not as spiritual as you I'm like, man, I'm just, as, I'm just as messed up and, and crazy as you are, but that's how I know I need Jesus. Like, that's, that's how spiritual I am. I know I'm, I know I'm messed up. I'm weird, crazy. That's why I need Jesus. That's like a typical Southern Baptist sermon right there, wrapped up, three points. There it was. Crazy, you're weird, you need Jesus. Y'all ready to go? We good? That's all I got. No, nah, I'm missing. All right, here we go. All right, here, three points. I had to get all my jokes out, man. I haven't been up here in two weeks, and I've been cranking them out in the shower, so I was writing them down. I had, I had to get some of them out. Here we go. Y'all thought it was funny. Sometimes, sometimes when I do tell a joke, though, you see, if you can see this mat right here, we just kind of call that, like, like, like that's just kind of like the, the dead joke pool. We'll just kind of, like, if no one laughs at it, just kind of like, hey, wait, who said that? Who had, y'all got a mic back there? I didn't say that dead joke. It's just right there. Yeah, just so. So if we, if we say a good joke, even if you don't think it's funny, if you'll just, if you, man, if you'll just help me out, man, I spend a lot of time on these things. If you'll just help me out a little bit with the jokes, like, appreciate it. All right, here we go. Three points. Man, y'all can come on back up here. Here we go. Number one, your faith has to be in Jesus, not in the opinions of others. Ooh, this is good. I don't know how many people have, have lived their life maybe like going through trying to live for the approval of people, but God, it'll wear you out. Like, man, I, I've been there. I've listened to the wrong people trying to tell me the wrong things. And when I actually started listening to Jesus, that's when I was actually exactly where I was supposed to be. Like, man, like, there's this, like I said, there's this, there's this glass ceiling that this, there's, only a, there's only a certain amount of what Chase can do. But let me see Jesus work through my life. That's what's going to be different. Your faith has to be in Jesus. That You can't go through this life trying to do it by yourself. Your faith has to be in Jesus. 
That's the only way that this glass ceiling does not, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't apply. Because this glass ceiling, does, it, it does apply if you're trying to do it by yourself. But if your faith is in Jesus, then you're going to be good. Don't listen to the people around you, man. They, they, their voices don't matter. There's only one voice that matters, and that's the voice of God speaking into you each and every day. Here we go. Number two. I, on, on number one, the only thing I said was just uh, be careful who's in your corner. Number two. Here we go. The will and call of God is so dynamic and powerful that there's no person that can contain it. That look like if God has called you to do something, if God is speaking into your life that, hey, there might, it might seem a little bit crazy. It might seem like, man, that friend will never accept Jesus. Jesus, I am tired of asking them. I'm tired of asking them to come to pursuit because every time that I do, every time I invite them to church, every time that I invite them to a small group, every time that I do it, Jesus, they say no. Every time I do it, Jesus, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I feel like, I, I, I feel like I'm trying to do the right thing. But man, like, where, like Jesus, I need you to show up a little bit because I, 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 I'm about to the point where I'm kind of tired of asking. I feel like I'm being more of a nuisance than more than a helper. So it says that, you know, the will and call of God is so dynamic and so powerful that no person can contain it. That means that there's no shadow that, what, what are the words to reckless love? Where did two we go? You want to sing? No shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb. But man, that we see that when God is, that when he's coming after our life, that there's not anything that's going to get in the way. So we might, we might be sitting back and we're not saved. Our souls have not been cleaned with the blood of Jesus. That he has not washed it white as snow. We might feel that there's no way that a God, that this God that you're saying that exists, there's no way that he could actually come into my life, save me of my souls, and completely change the direction of my eternity. And I see that, there, that the call and the will of God, that it is so dynamic, it is so powerful, there's nothing that's going to get in the way of that. There's no person that can speak negativity. There's no person that can speak criticism into that. No person can stop what God's going to do. Amen? So no matter what you're going through this life, no matter what your call is, no matter what the call of my life is, there's never going to be a person that comes in the way of that because if God has called something to be successful, it will be successful. That's the glass ceiling that's gone, man. If God has called it, He is the ultimate say. Because the will and the call of his life is so dynamic and it is so powerful. Nothing's going to get in his way. That's the person I want in my corner. I'm tired of doing it just by, I'm try, I, I got tired of living my life saying, you know what? I'm going to see what Chase can do. I got tired of that. I got tired of living for this world thinking, you know what? Chase will be a good soccer player one day. And Chase will get himself a lot of money, get himself a really good job. Maybe he'll be a doctor one day, but then my GPA wrecked that a long time ago. Come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I keep doing all this good stuff, that I'll end up where I'm supposed to be. And it's like, nah, man, I, I don't want any of that. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, the plan for my life, the plan for your life in five years, the answer to that question should be, I want to be in the center, in the direct middle of God's call for my life. That's where we should be. Because if his call is dynamic and it's powerful, that's all I want in my corner. That's all I want in my corner. I want somebody in my corner that's, Speaking negativity, criticism. Nah, man, I don't need that person. Because I want God to speak to me. If I want anyone in my corner, they're not putting this glass ceiling of, hey, live for Jesus, change this world. But whenever you actually start to do it, they start to back out. Because I believe that if we will, I think it's so cool that a group of college students, this young adult age, it, it seems like lots of times church sounds like this. We want you to be raised in church. We want you to graduate from high school, still in the youth group, in the youth program. And then whenever you get to college, if you've got any craziness, go get it out. Four years, get it out, be crazy, do what you want to do. 
And then maybe when you have kids one day, maybe you'll end back up in church because you want them to actually be decent people. I think that there's got to come a day, there's got to come a time when we change that flip. You might feel like you're the next person up for divorce in your family. Like your parents are divorced, your grandparents are divorced, and you might feel like you're just the next person up. Like, man, how can God use someone worthless like me? How can, how can God use someone like me? I don't have anything to bring to the table, and you're right, and that's why we know that we need Jesus. Because He changes everything. He's going to change the direction for your life. He's going to change the purpose of your life. Because He puts you here for a reason. Because this call is dynamic and it's powerful. It's, nothing's going to get in the way of that. Point number three, here we go. Last one. Three out of 17. Here we go. Here we go. Be where your feet are. You've heard me say this a lot. Be where your feet are, but don't stay there. What I mean by be where your feet are, like we talked about a few weeks ago, is that, hey, we need to be where our feet are. If God's called us here to Troy University, if we're in the middle of where God has put us, that's where we need to be. But that doesn't mean that's where the, where the progress stops. That doesn't mean that's where the sanctification stops. That doesn't mean where, you know, I'm trying to look more like Jesus, but if God's really called me to to be at Troy University, then I'm just going to be here and and I'll kind of try to do it on my own. I'll I'll pray a little bit and then maybe I'll... No, no, no. Be where your feet are, but don't let it stay there. God loves you so much that He loves you exactly where you are in your sinful state. He loves you exactly where you are. You don't have to change to come in this place. You don't have to change coming in here. You can come in here just as you are. You can come to Jesus just as you are because Jesus is the one that changes. You don't need to go out of these walls, get right, and then come to church. That's not what the gospel is. That's not the gospel. The gospel is is that Jesus says, if you'll come to me, I will will give you rest. I will give you that that water that you'll never thirst for. If you'll come to me, come to me, all those are broken. All those are weary. Come to me, come to me, come to me. That's what Jesus is telling us. That's what Jesus is telling this whole time, this whole Bible. He's saying, you don't got to get right. It's not on you. Because I paid the price. I died for your sins. Everything bad and crappy in your life was hung on that cross. How many times do we like to take those nails that Jesus put into his wrist, hung on that cross with? We like to put them in our wrist and say, you know what? This depression that I got this in my head, this, this bad trait of mine, man, that I, I just can't seem to quit smoking weed. I can't seem to just like getting drunk, man. I keep living for the weekend. I keep having sex with my girlfriend. Like, man, like we keep putting these, like, these, these, just, man, these, with these nails in our wrist. And if we would just realize that Jesus has already paid the price, that he is the sacrifice, that if it really changed our life, that we don't look the same after it. That if you actually came to know Jesus and let him clean your soul and, man, he saves you from it, that's where Jesus changes lives. That's where it happens. Here we go. One last little point. This is, this is just to tie it all in. Just to tie it all in. The story of pursuit has been that we're not going to accept the glass ceiling. One thing that we heard one time is that there's already enough ministries there's already enough going on. There's already enough going on. That pursuit, the story of pursuit is not accepting that glass ceiling that someone else is going to put on our life. That if God has really called us to do this, whether there's 12 people or whether there's 246, no matter how many people show up, if God has called us to do this, it's going to be successful. I think that all we need to do, if we want to get rid of this glass ceiling, we've got to accept Jesus into our hearts. Be 100% for Him and be a passionate follower of Jesus. Can I get an amen, Pursuit? That's what we need to be. If we can strive each and every day to look more like Jesus, to love people more, 
then man, this, that's how we're going to end up right where we need to be. God, where do you need me? Put me there. Put me there. Use me. It might sound crazy to a lot of other people, but God, if you're going to call me there and put me there, I know you're going to work. What started off as just kind of a vision and a little bit of a constitution that was all messed up ended up like this. It might sound crazy. It might sound like there's no way that it can happen, but if you've got God in your corner, there's no glass ceiling that exists. But guys, if we keep trying to fight this battle by ourselves, the limitation is you and you don't have very much in this world. So I'm going to pray for us. If you don't know this Jesus that we keep talking about, if he's not in our hearts, man, I would pray that you would come and talk to one of us. We'd love to pray with you. Break that down. Know that Jesus, man, that he paid the price, that he saved our souls, not just from this world, man, he saved our souls from going to hell, that he saved our souls, that we get to go to heaven one day, that we don't have to perish, we don't have to pay that price for the sins that we have in our life, that, man, that the sacrifice has been paid. And that's some good news. Amen. So I'm going to pray for us. Like I said, if you've got anything on your heart, I'll be standing in the back. We've got a couple of people back there. We'd love to pray with you, break down whatever's going on. This should be a place that you feel like you can come to and things not be okay. Because that's all that this is. is there's just a whole bunch, of, whole bunch of Christians know that we don't have it all together and that's why we need Jesus. So you fit in completely right here. We just want to tell you about Jesus. We're going to tell you about the answer. No glass ceiling with Jesus. Here we go. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.